I feel like over all that time, now we're at a point where you can jump in and you don't need to just play the storyline. You can do role play. You can interact with uh, different people that are all around the world in whatever way you want to do it. So it's like you're consuming or experiencing that game the way you want to. Hey, what's going on? I hope you are well as always. So this week we are diving into the world of entertainment with one of the top content studios globally called Sawhorse, whose clients include some of the biggest names in the world. We're talking Netflix, Disney, Samsung, HBO, YouTube, Nike, Amazon, Marvel, Twitch, you name it, they've worked with them. They're primarily a digital production company, but are now also at the forefront of metaverse content and have recently been producing experiences for Stranger Things, also Elton John's Farewell, Yellow Brick Road's Tour and Tommy Hilfiger, amongst others, all inside Roblox and all of which we cover on this episode. Our guest is the awesome Nick Hill, co-founder of Sawhorse, who speaks brilliantly about the current entertainment world, what the next generation are expecting and what type of metaverse experiences are working right now. Loads of good stuff in this one, so I know you're going to enjoy this. If you're enjoying the show, a quick reminder just to hit that follow button on your podcast platform. Uh, but let's get on with today's episode. Nick, thank you very much for coming on the show. Looking forward to this one. So uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Right on, Luke. Thanks. I'm a fan of the podcast, so I'm stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Ah, I appreciate it. Yeah, cheers, man. Uh, This is going to be a good chat because my background is in entertainment and content as well. This is uh, exactly what you do in various forms and do it very well. So we are, we're going to have a good chat here and kind of frame where this is all heading. I think a good place to start for this conversation is just kind of broadly how you've seen kind of entertainment content our attention our viewing habits shift maybe over the last decade over the last few years because i've certainly seen it going from legacy tv to then obviously internet and youtube adoption and that kind of disrupting and, and shifting up all the models that everybody thought they knew in entertainment and then more recently metaverse stuff is, is kind of doing the same although it's at an early stage so maybe you could give us uh, a bit of your experience what you've been working on and how it's changed yeah so i think it's it's interesting because i feel like the way entertainment is being consumed is faster and shorter and more immersive and more interactive because if I look back at my own experience like I grew up you know like in the 80s and so you know it was radio tv movies and you know video games were just coming about but if you look at like the traditional entertainment industry it was very like linear non-interactive for so long and you know with the introduction of like things like youtube and social media everything has just become so fast and short and interactive yeah absolutely it's um the speed of content and we'll maybe touch on ai stuff later as well which is just coming at us so fast and there's so much more choice and there's so many more places to get it as well yeah that's definitely a shift we've been seeing and and let's talk about the video game industry a little bit because over that time as i've been growing up and was born in the 80s as well that has gradually become this absolute beast and and is the biggest entertainment medium in terms of value of all so nowadays kids are growing up playing video games and beginning to grow up in social open worlds places like roblox and stuff like that so yeah kind of what, what have you noticed there and, and uh these trends for for the next generation yeah that's it's interesting because like when i was growing up uh i was involved in the very first games you know like uh commodore 64 and pong and uh you know the first nes and everything and it was amazing but you know none of that was like on a network it wasn't on the internet so they, they, they weren't social in any way i mean you it was just social if you got to like play with a friend next to you with two controllers but i feel like over all that time now we're at a point where you can jump in and you don't need to just play the storyline if you look at it from like a UGC content uh, perspective like you can do role play you can interact with uh, different people that are all around the world in whatever way you want to do it so it's like you're consuming or experiencing that game the way you want to 
as opposed to just being taken down a path that the game designer wanted you to do initially. Yeah, that is a big shift in a kind of a new category of entertainment that we've seen emerge, right? These these big open social worlds. And just before we move on from that, what, what are your, some of your childhood's iconic games that you remember growing up and absolutely loving? Um, there's so many games. You know, obviously, I think the first thing that like blew my mind was was Mario, the very first Mario, you know, just playing that for way, way longer than I should have. And then, uh, you know, Resident Evil, the first one on PlayStation was kind of that first moment where I was like, oh shit, this feels like a horror film. You know, I remember there's a scene uh, <laughs> where you're walking down this hallway and like in the beginning and like right toward the camera, this this dog like jumps through the window and like splashes this gr- the, the glass. And I was like, I jumped. And that was the first time I'd, I'd ever like jumped in a video game. And I was really feeling like, wow, this is this is where like kind of cinema is is merging with gamification. And, and that was like a, a really eye opening moment for me. Yeah, it's crazy. I found all the emulator websites recently where you can go back and like uh, on your PC, go and play N64 and PlayStation games and get this nostalgia feel. And, and um, yeah, it's interesting just to, to remember where, where this has all come from and, and what the kids are growing up nowadays with. And when we're talking about some of the projects that you've been working on and as we speak more about kind of social open world games so we talk a lot about roblox and fortnite as classic examples as everyone has when we're talking about the metaverse but maybe you could just talk to us about why these experiences work so well any that you've worked on but just generally you know why do people keep coming back to these in a way that maybe with other media they don't watch over and over again what what do these experiences offer as a new entertainment category i think the really important thing to remember is that these are social experiences these aren't just games you know there's people younger people are spending time in here engaging with their friends and socializing and they're doing it in the form of a game um, which I think is an awesome concept I mean I think it's just uh, it goes to the whole interactivity concept you know of like having a voice in the conversation or in the media because you know tradition like the opposite side is that yeah you're sitting down watching a movie for two hours like you really are not engaging with it you don't have an opportunity to interact with that at all or socialize you really it's like it's just like what they say like top down like you just consume it Um, and I feel like younger generations are expecting to have interactivity because they grew up with phones they grew up with tablets. They grew up like with instant social media. And for them, I think consuming snackable content that's short format and having the ability to socialize with that, comment on it, meet people through it, post their own stuff, do the remixes. You know, it's it's a different like mentality. It's like I I don't if I'm like gonna enjoy media in some way, like I don't want to just have that be top down. I want to like participate in it. I want to interact with it. Like yeah, you're you're entertaining me, but I also need to be there having a part of that story and like living it and not just being told it yeah absolutely and that's that's part of the the next kind of generation of uh of culture isn't it really and things that they expect these kids growing up to for it to be immersive and playable and have some kind of role in it perhaps and interestingly maybe let's talk about certain ips and how they're using this as well so stranger things and roblox a viewing party that sawhorse um worked on and put together maybe you could talk us a bit more through that project you could um maybe tell us as a user what it what it's like and then for the ip why that's cool why that's valuable and how it kind of expands it into these new worlds yeah, great question. I mean, that that was um, uh, Sawhorse's first entertainment project. Um, we've worked with other clients and brands in the space uh, to bring them 
them uh, into the metaverse, into Roblox, and you know, uh, create immersive experiences for them. But Stranger Things was the first time we got to do it for our, an entertainment client. And with Sawhorse's background, that's really um, where we shine, and that really is what we are super hyper focused on at the minute, which is you know, taking traditional entertainment companies and IPs and bringing them into the metaverse and making them immersive. So what happened there was uh, there's something called Stranger Things Day. It, it happens every year, and you know, the I, it's the IP is celebrated, and there's all kinds of different activations and, and pop-ups and events that happen like all over the place for fans. And this year, they were like, let's do that in the metaverse. So how do we do it? So we connected with the with the client. We you know spitballed a bunch of ideas, tried to figure out what's the best way to like engage this audience here. And we came up with the concept of a watch party. So we took the the pilot episode, and we were able to like bring that into a three-dimensional environment and gamify it and make it immersive. And it's a little hard to uh, describe that without seeing it, but there's two really interesting things. Yes, we were playing the the pilot in the three-dimensional environment, but as scenes were changing and characters were changing and things were happening in the scene itself, the environment was reflected of those things. So to give an example is like, oh, like if the scene is changing and now it's it's raining um, and there's a rainstorm, all of a sudden, like all the lighting in the entire three-dimensional environment changes, rain is coming down. There's also like scenes where you know, we would have like Demogorgons that are, are chasing characters inside the the actual TV show itself. And we would bring in like animated three-dimensional Demogorgons and have them run through the audience. So it just that that level of like three-dimensional immersion was the focus there. And on top of that, we added a, a layer of gamification. So if you, you know, think about the concept of interactivity, we motivated the audience to participate with what was happening on screen. And the inspiration for this kind of comes from like Rocky Horror Picture Show. If you're familiar with that, you know, it's where like fans can go interact with the film and there's things that are happening and encouraging them to like be vocal, to scream at the screen, to, to jump, to there might be a plant in the audience. There's all kinds of different little tricks. So that was the inspiration for the gamification. And we had these little interesting sort of mini games that were happening during the episode and everyone had a scoreboard. So if you were to engage with those properly, you would get a certain score and then you can unlock uh, UGC wearable gear for your avatars. That was the motivation. And a couple of the games, just to give like some context, we had had one like it's almost like a, a classic like drinking game you know everyone will buyers uh the, one of the main characters goes missing and everyone's constantly looking for him and they're calling out like will will so every time there was like a call out to Will, we incentivized and called out to the audience to also scream Will. So everyone's avatar had that special emote where they could like put their hands out and then these little, we had all these little voice actors, you know, say Will in different ways. So the audience was all calling out Will at the same time, you know, interacting with uh, what they're seeing on screen. And then we had some horror moments where the Demogorgons were attacking the characters and we brought out animated uh, Demogorgons into the screen and you were instructed to throw waffles at the Demogorgon to attack it. And the more hits you got, the more points you unlocked. Yeah, so, it, you know, big picture, it's just basically this new way of taking traditional media and piping it into a three-dimensional environment and enjoying it in a unique way. Yeah, I love that so much. I want to clip that up and send it to everybody because those are examples of exactly what this medium is useful for, right? Like, it's it, it can do these things. It's kind of immersive theatre plus gamification in a digital setting. And it's a, 
a different experience that is yeah it just offers something that we haven't necessarily had before you know in video games as well but yeah it's, it's exactly that and that sounds um sounds really fun and uh, a really cool way to kind of kick off a, a launch party for sure if i could just add one thing it's just like it's next step to this kind of metaverse watch party right because before this it was all like okay you can sit in a theater in vr or like courtside or whatever you could watch a game or you could watch a movie with your friend but like there's nothing happening beyond that you could just do that in the real world so if i'm in the metaverse and i have free capabilities to do whatever i want to defy gravity and and physics and and be in some extreme scenario why am i just sitting in a theater watching a movie i could do that at home with my friends so i feel like you know this kind of thing that we built is is a step in the the right direction to experiment with what's possible on these platforms yeah absolutely yeah it's very well said i think that's uh spot on and even hearing you talk about it it's um you know it feels fun and feels exactly what it should be for sure and maybe you could just chat to us about the elton john experience as well another project that you worked on and an interesting one because for a lot of people they might not think that elton john would be the natural fit for for roblox but there's this other idea of of uh, his whole legacy and everything is so vibrant and cool and fun in some ways it was a perfect example and probably launched him or made a younger generation far more aware of him so yeah maybe you could just talk about that it's uh, interesting yeah lots to unpack on the elton project i think i i might start by just saying i mean i'm an elton fan i mean he's a legend he's an amazing artist and performer and you know getting the opportunity to work on on his first metaverse concert in roblox was just a great honor so i mean it was just such an amazing experience then another point i want to bring up is just about an inclusiveness in the metaverse you know like i think that we if you look at like the grand vision of the original internet was supposed to be this open free place for everybody to have a seat at the table and kind of communicate and, and build a community that's very diverse and so like obviously his age is is a lot higher than your average roblox user and when i when i think of the metaverse like i just want to see as much diversity as possible you know uh, across the board all kinds of different people all kinds of different backgrounds everything i want it piped in and i want it to be shared and um, celebrated so you know bringing a, an old legacy performer like that in and having it be successful was was a challenge and also like a something that was really important to us you know one thing that was interesting is that a lot of people on the platform did not know who elton john was and you know people my age it's like a crime to hear that because it's it's crazy but it's true you know it's it's they they didn't grow up listening to his music so they needed to be educated on who he was or who he is and, and all the amazing things he's done and why he's relevant and why they should go to this concert so one of the strategies we did is we partnered with all these amazing ugc artists from the roblox community and we brought them in and they helped model and build all of the clothing of his outfits and they got to do spin-off versions that they were excited about that were inspired by him. So we really engaged the community. Some of them knew who he was, some of them didn't, but they all got educated on his background and, you know, listened to his music and figured it out, built all these amazing clothes that he approved and thought it was completely on brand with him. Um, and then, you know, the production side of, of our company, we filmed all of these uh, little promo videos, um, interviews with all those UGC artists, and they were explaining why people should care about Elton, you know, why, why younger generations should listen to his music and kind of like give him the shine that he deserves. And those videos were all distributed over social um, and pushed by Roblox as well. And so it kind of helped promote and kind of galvanize the Roblox community to welcome Elton in this space that he wasn't quite known in. And it performed extremely well. 
you know, it's uh, got uh, tons of visits. The concert is the number one uh, top rated concert on Roblox history. So all in all, it's like a great success. And I think it's also a great like use case or uh, case study for, you know, traditional media or traditional artists or traditional whatever that you wouldn't think might be successful in the metaverse. I think things can be. You just have to try it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's um, really interesting because it comes back to the idea of technology just being a tool, right? And it's nice to hear some, some good stuff and some positive, inclusive stuff that can be done with it amongst, you know, the, the sort of negative press at times of, um, you know, FTX and everything else that's sort of vaguely related. So it's cool to see that. And it's, it's great to see that it worked so well. And I did dive into it and it was really cleverly done because you kind of were being educated about him or reminded if you if you did know everything about Elton as you went through. So it was like a fun discovery experience whilst being colourful and fun and then having the, the concept was, um, yeah, it was, it was great. As you say, a good case study for, for something that might not be an immediate fit. It's, it's uh, not just that generation and things that they are tuned into that can work well in this kind of environment, which is cool. So it's great to see. This isn't just a shill for Saw Horse, but even so many cool things, I just want to rattle through and, and talk about them because they are all really interesting. Let's talk about Allo Yoga because one area of the metaverse that, um, despite any kind of market sentiment, is continuing to grow in uh, lots of forms is, is digital fashion. And it's been a strong kind of trend and theme throughout all of these conversations. It's a difficult one when we talk about kind of traditional more Web 2 platforms, Roblox and Fortnite and Minecraft and places like that. And then also the Web3 side of the conversation and also just the different 3D worlds because they have different styles and uh, different 3D requirements. Some are more hyper-realistic, some are lower poly or more basic. Tell us about Allo Yoga and, and this project and how and it also rolled out to loads of different worlds, which is something I've not seen before. So I'm so interested to know how you kind of pulled that off and your approach there. Yeah, thanks. So um, Allo was um, just an amazing project and they're amazing. Uh, they were our first Metaverse client, period. We built uh, the Allo Yoga Sanctuary on Roblox, and that has been a place where users can go and do guided meditations and do yoga and collect clothing and unlock a bunch of stuff. And it's been extremely successful. It's got uh, 70 million visits uh, to date. But then, uh, you know, some time went by and I had this concept basically inspired by your podcast and other podcasts that I listen to that's really trying to like drive this concept of interoperability across the metaverse, which I think is so exciting. And, you know, a good five or 10 years out of actually becoming a reality. It's like insane. But this concept of interoperability is if I were to buy some jacket, you know, on Roblox, and if I want to take that into the sandbox or into Fortnite or something, it would be great if I could just convert it or bring it with me in some way. And, you know, obviously not there yet. So this idea was how can we do like a, you know, like a hack version of that concept today? And so we decided, we ran the idea by Allo. They were super supportive and we decided to pick a bunch of different metaverse platforms and create one Allo outfit and model it across all these platforms and release all at the same time for the month of March. And that's what we did. So the, the platforms we rolled out on was Roblox, Decentraland, The Sandbox, Zepetto, VR chat, spatial, rec room. And then we did AR versions on Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And we also did a version on Ready Player Me, which I think they've been on this podcast or you've mentioned them. So through them alone, we had access to like 8,000 other smaller platforms. So we took this one outfit and it's available right now in March and uh, it's, it's going to be available for a limited time. So once March is over, it's not sold on any of these platforms. So if anyone wants it, now would be the time to get it. Nice. Yeah, we'll make sure we, we link it below. And, and yeah, so, so you individually 
built all of those outfits, those digital outfits for the bespoke for for the platforms, and then Ready Player Me, which that takes it to a big audience. Yeah, that's that's um, a big technical challenge, but it's really cool. I think the first one I've seen that yeah speaks to that idea of interoperability in in some form. So yeah, it's really really cool. And on the theme of digital fashion as well, we had Decentraland on the show very recently. We're talking about uh, Decentraland Metaverse Fashion Week uh, coming up next week, the twenty eighth to the thirty first of March, and uh, I know you are there as well with Tommy Hilfiger. So uh, tell us what you've got planned and, and what's in mind there. Yeah, we're we're building um, uh, an experience for Tommy Hilfiger. It's one of our great clients, and we've done a ton of stuff on Roblox with Tommy Hilfiger with our experience at Tommy Play. But yeah, so we're in the Lux District. We're right across the street from the catwalk, so it's, it's going to be easy for us, anyone, to find um, our location. We've got a pretty amazing build. That's the structure that's kind of larger than life and um, interesting to check out. And we've got a collaboration with another NFT artist and um, some AI integration um, challenges. Just a bunch of amazing, interesting stuff to check out. It's uh, I don't know how much I can say because it's it's not uh, released yet, but it's it's definitely worth everyone's time. Awesome, yeah, it's, it's a great uh, time to jump into Decentraland. If a you heard about it for the first time maybe last year and you want to see how it's grown, how it's changed, or if you're very new to this whole world, there's loads going on. It's a cool way to kind of see the full potential. So yeah, definitely, definitely recommend checking it out. That's exciting. And um, you mentioned AI. There is the topic that everyone's talking about at the moment for various reasons. How are you thinking about it as a company who is you know at the forefront of entertainment and um, is across the whole production process? What are those conversations like in, in your company? How are you thinking about it? And, and have you already kind of integrated it into what you do? Yeah, no, AI is, is here right now. Um, and, and we're super excited about it. You know, my mind is blown constantly trying to figure out how we can leverage it in creative ways. You know, I, I think that just from a, um, like a business standpoint of just staying competitive, I think every company needs to leverage a certain amount of automation and a certain amount of AI at this point just to, to keep costs down. So there's two things that we do um, with it right now is we use from a scripting standpoint, we have like an AI script bot that we leverage. So our programmers are able to move a little bit faster. It just helps kind of like set up some unnecessary tasks so they can move faster and be more creative and that. And then also on the art side, uh, a lot of our artists are using Midjourney to create different, um, you know, forms of artwork. And we do that a lot for pitches. So when we make pitch decks for clients, we uh, we leverage that to, to create artwork. And I, I'm really interested in creating like the chat GPT side, like the, the chat bots and leveraging those and, and piping those into experiences to, you know, apply those to MVCs so people can have conversations with characters that, uh, just going back to this whole concept of UGC, it's like, you know, I remember playing so many RPGs when I was a kid and it's just like, damn, this like shopkeep is telling me the same thing every time. Like this is like, this is taking me out of being connected in an immersive way. And I feel like the more sort of AI NPCs that we can interact with in these experiences right alongside all of these other real humans, it's just going to be more and more um, immersive. Yeah, absolutely. We had Charisma AI on the show recently who um, that's their kind of whole product is you can give them various storylines and uh, AI will choose how they react to certain things as you're having conversation with NPCs in games and stuff. And yeah, that's that seems like a, a big step that's coming where even environments will begin to be generated and games will be unique in, in terms of how you play them over time. It's going to yeah get very interesting as it now plays into metaverse experiences and also about populating some of these worlds. Not so much Roblox, which has 50 million users uh, every day, but as some of these other worlds grow and, and making them immersive and having lots to do there, uh, seems uh, yeah certainly like that's going to be evolved for sure. We are heading towards the end of our time. Loads of great stuff in there. I wanted to just get your kind of general thoughts on the space as well, because as I say, you're at the forefront of it. You're also speaking to a lot of Web2 brands or, or legacy brands, kind of bringing them into this world. What are kind of the key things that 
that people are talking about or conversations you're having and what do you think the space kind of needs to uh, propel itself for the next kind of few months that's a big question what is the future of the metaverse and how are brands you know interacting with it uh, where is this all going you know i don't have a crystal ball like i don't i don't have all the answers and i i'm just so kind of impressed with technology and how it grows exponentially it's it's hard to keep up with and it's exciting it's it's like so dynamic every time we work on a project it's a different problem to solve and there's all kinds of different tools to leverage to make something amazing i just love that the metaverse is such a open space that it has endless possibilities i've been kind of pigeonholed for so long as a director or producer you know someone who makes video content and film content you're just tied to that linear storytelling now it's an immersive 3d world where you can do whatever you want you can create any type of interactivity any type of immersiveness so if you think about from a creative standpoint it's just it's unreal the amount of potential and possibility that's been added to creativity and we're there right now and what we do with our clients is we try to figure out brands come to us or in different agencies and, and they come to us wanting to be in the metaverse and it's such a new space they don't necessarily know what their goals are or what they're um, what they're trying to get out of the experience so we help them try to figure out uh, identify what their goals could be and we try to leverage as much of try to figure out which platform is right for them and then leverage as much of the technology as we can to create an, an immersive experience that is true to the brand ethos so this is a challenge every single time this is thinking outside the box every single time i think there's a lot of you know dev studios out there and companies like mine who will just create a game for a client because they know that works you know they've seen it before there's examples of like oh such and such brand made this like simulator game or made this obby or whatever and it's like let's just do that because it works to me that's really boring and it's not like leveraging the possibilities of these platforms you know i think aloe yoga is such a great example because that's a, a you know we're one of the first um companies to bring like mindfulness to the metaverse or like really leverage what that brand has to offer not just selling their clothes you know we were able to like bring in the guided meditation the yoga videos the the whole brand ethos um, and what we try to do is find out what the identity of a brand is like what the whole core purpose of that brand is and then leverage the technology to make users feel that brand you know it's like i don't i can't do another like simulator game and with some brand slapped on the top of it there has to have relevance it has to have meaning and i think to go back to your original question like what do users want out of all this you know part of it not only is it the interactivity but i think they want value back from the experience you know especially if it's a branded experience like nobody wants to just watch an ad on tv anymore it's like if i'm engaged in a brand what, what they're doing in the metaverse like okay cool i'm seeing what they did but what do i get like i need to unlock something i need to walk away from this experience with some sort of value add to my life and i think the younger generations are actually going to be expecting that not just it's not just a cool thing that's, that brands can try now. I think 10 years from now, they're going to be like, oh, cool, I went to the Doritos thing. What am I getting? You know? And if you don't have an answer for that, uh, you're probably not in a great shape. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, some very valuable stuff for, I think, any brand or creator who wants to move in this space is to consider all those things that, that you just said. And that's that's certainly the way things are moving. And it's both, yeah, very exciting. It's almost not a completely blank canvas, but it can kind of be exhausting to, to try and think so far out of the box all the time. But it's that you are breaking 
breaking new grounds and doing it uh, brilliantly. So yeah, thank you so much. That was a really brilliant conversation. And uh, yeah, I know people are going to really love that one. Uh, last thing is obviously it will be in the show notes, but just uh, shout out where we can find you and Sawhorse and check out uh, in more detail the work you're doing. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I just plugged the website. If anyone's curious to check out our work, not only are we in the metaverse side, we also are a traditional digital production company. So we do everything from production, post-production, live streaming, visual effects, and, and now metaverse. Um, so if you want to check our workout, go to sawhorsela.com and you can check it out there, all of our reels. And if you want to connect with me, just hit me up on LinkedIn. My name is Nick Hill, just N-I-C-H-I-L-L. Awesome. Love it, Nick. Thanks so much for coming on. Right on. Thank you, Luke. So there we go. Awesome one with Nick Hill. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on the links in the show notes. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, I'd love it if you give it a very quick rating on your podcast platform. Uh, absolute legend. Thank you very much uh, for doing that. As always, though, uh, thank you for listening. Have a great week and see you for next week's episode. 